Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, well, this has been probably the most difficult message I have ever put together in my life. I've put a few together, not as many as that guy over there, but I've put a few together. And not difficult in the sense of like I just couldn't get the thoughts together or anything like that. I mean like as I'm putting this together, there were times where I just had to stop because it was like the fear of God just rests on you. And you, and it's not like a scary thing. The fear of God is like, oh God, I won't move. What are you saying? Where are you at? And so this particular one, it's interesting because I have, now brace yourself, you're stuck with me for five Sundays. Because I got the long vessel month. Well, thank you, ladies. Appreciate that. <laughs> Next time, all of you need to cheer, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyways, um, all of the next four messages the Lord has just clearly laid out to me, but what I feel like he wants to get across this morning is his heart in something. And I guess the fear of God is on me a little bit because when you're expressing God's heart, that's not easy to do because you don't want to, you want to get it right, right? I want to be completely open to what he wants to say, not add anything of my own, just what, and we should want this in speaking, but it just feels different, I can't explain it any other way. But the Lord has been saying things to us in the past well, it felt, it's kind of felt like the past year. I suppose ever since maybe the word came forth that this is going to be your multiplication. And, you know, a lot of times people look at multiplication and you automatically add, like, numbers to that. You know, because that's a number term. But I, I believe it's more than that. Um, I believe that that is a big part of it. But there has been stirring in me, and I know a lot of you, because I feel like I'm kind of speaking to the choir this morning, but that's, that's good, okay? Because the Lord said to go and make disciples. Well, you got to have some disciples to start with before you can go make disciples, right? And uh, anyway, so um, the Lord's been speaking different things to us this year, and don't ever look at what he's been saying in regards to walking in love or sanctification, living holy. Don't look at those as, oh, that's heavy. I can't do that. What I think, what I believe the Lord wants us to see this morning is from an aspect of, listen, I have something. I have something. There's more. There's more, but in order to get to the more, let's take care of some things. Let's adjust some things. Because the moment that we think that we've got it all together for the more, we've lost that position of humility before the Lord. And what happens to those who are not humble? 
you fall. But those who are humble before the Lord, grace. He gives more grace to the humble. And so my heart in this is when I was going through this, Lord, oh, I humble myself before you. What are you saying to me? And a disciple looks at and is very aware and very ten, um, intent, uh, oh, I can't even think of the word right now. Intentional, that one will work. <laughs> that would, it really does work. <laughs> is very purposed and very focused and very alert of what the Lord is saying. A disciple doesn't treat the words that God speaks lightly. A disciple doesn't hear a word, walk away from it and forget what he hears, or goes to find a word that they like better, because that's easier. A disciple takes what God is saying. That's why I caution you. We live in the day in an age of we can watch anything, we can listen to anything. I'm talking about preachers, I'm talking about messages. We can do it all day long. And we can pick what we want to hear because those are the things that tickle our ears. But the Lord, if he has planted you in this place and he has been speaking a word in this place, don't take it like, lightly because, well, I didn't like the person that spoke it. Well, I don't like the way they spoke it. Well, I don't, that's not my favorite thing. Or, no, that's not what I feel like the Lord is saying. God places people in places, plants them in places to be planted. And then he speaks to people like Mark, leadership, Mike, Sean, myself, Dale, people that are, you know, you're in men's. He gives women's, Marianne, speaking in women's. He gives those leaders exactly what the people need to hear to be successful. Now, I'm not saying we can't go listen to other things, but what I am saying is make sure you're led by the Holy Spirit in it. And make sure that we are taking seriously what God is saying to us right now in real time. To this body, to this area, to these people, to this region, what is he saying? And so he's talked to us in the last about sanctification, humility, love, knowing who we are. He talked to us about the gleanings, you know, which is really what this is, what we're talking about here. And these words that he has spoken to us, rather, either, you know, if you think they're too hard or whatever, they are the very words that when taken and applied will be life to your situation. Because I don't know if you know this, but God knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows who's sitting in this place. And he knows better than you know your own heart. He knows it. 
And so, walking in love, for example, those words that we've listened to for, I mean, how many weeks was that? Seven, I think. And even love of God was before that. He's been speaking that all year round, right? That's a major one. Those could be life to your dead situation. Those could be the life to your dead situation. In fact, couldn't even could be. They probably are. And so in Mark 4, let's turn there real quick. The Lord actually, and this is why this was a little bit difficult for me to put together because the Lord actually gave me two scriptures that I believe he is prophetically speaking to this church today. Not like today in general, but like actually today. Because we've just, we're at what we got three, uh, three months left in this year. And the Lord said he's going to continue this multiplication into the next year. He's going to continue rolling what's happening here into the next year. Hallelujah. Because, you guys, God, God has visited us. He has been so good to us. He has been here in such a tangible way where people that don't understand that come in and they weep and they don't know what's happening to them. Only God can do that. He has, I mean, honored us with his presence. He has healed bodies manifestation of healing in bodies. He has, he has been in here so thick that at times I'm standing over there like, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't even want to move. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to just lay on the floor? <laughs> It's like you don't, you don't want to move. Anybody else felt that? So anyways, he's spoken two words to me, and we'll do some other scripture, but I'm going to talk one at the beginning here and one at the end, all right? And the first one is Mark chapter 4. And just so you know, this is leading up into the other four messages, Okay. And in verse 23 and 24, it says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Right before all of this, the Lord actually is talking about the sower, the parable of the sower explained. So the sower sows the word. It's talking about different types of ground. And that's the ground of your heart and of your life, right? It's talking about um, and I'm not going to go through and read all of that because I think we've all read it, but go back and read it if you haven't. But there, and actually I would recommend that you do because this is one of the scriptures the Lord said, this is for you today. This is for me today. There are different types of ground. 
There are different types of soil and if you, I know nothing about farming, but if you know anything about that, there's tending, there's watering, there's planting, there's, there's all of that was totally backwards order, but you get what I'm saying. You should plant the seed first. There's different responses to what God is saying and what he's speaking to the body. And in verse 23, if anyone has to hear, ears to hear, let him hear. He's saying, listen, you have ears. Hear. That's basically what that's saying right there. You have ears. Hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. Sounds like multiplication. More will be given. The word of God and our response to it. Which one of these grounds are you? To heed is careful attention. I like the Amplified says in verse 24, well, let me give you 23 too. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening. So let him be listening, right? You're not stopping, you're listening. Let, Let him be listening, let him perceive and comprehend. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure, be careful means Take heed, listen up. What am I saying? What am I speaking? The measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. I like the way one commentary kind of described this is that the amount of clarity that one will have later depends in significant measure on what one grasps now. The one who will hear and understand will continue to understand at even deeper levels. And to you that are attentive, more will be imparted. How many want more? You realize what we experienced last Sunday in the presence of God and what has been happening? Do you know that that's only a portion? Do you know that that is a portion? That is just the beginning? Those that are intent, attentive, more will be imparted. This verse implies that, re- that the reward will be out of proportion to the virtue, the knowledge acquired to the study devoted to the subject. There shall be given over and above, not to those that hear, but to those who think on what they hear. And I might even say act on what they hear. More. See, the thing about the Lord is, is that he doesn't just change his mind. He gives you an instruction to do. 
And then it's up to us, depending on what kind of soil we are, if we're going to continue to go in a circle, or if we're actually going to break through and move on to the next. He doesn't say over the last seven weeks and really the last year, listen guys, heed, take heed, listen to what I'm saying, walk in love toward one another in your homes, in your church family. He doesn't say that and then just because we ignore it for the next six months, he decides, well, we'll just go on to the next. We have to heed and be attentive to the word that he has spoken to us. It should be like if I don't sit and meditate and think and chew on this word that God has been speaking to me that I'm not going to make it. Because those words are life to me. So we're actually going to be going into a series, The Cost of Discipleship. And this is what I believe he's saying in that scripture to take heed, is that he's wanting to get something to us and through us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he wants to get something to you, not only to bless and make sure, but do you know what? He wants to get things through us. He flows at high capacity through a person who has taken on the position in their heart and in their life as a disciple. When we take on that position in our heart, he's like, whoo, here's somebody I can work with. Now, he's so good. He works with, man, he is constantly working to work with us. but he's calling us to a deeper place. If you don't sense that, ask the Lord what that means. <clears throat> ask him about it. Actually take some time and think on it because that's exactly what he's calling us to. If we don't heed the words that he's speaking to us and what he's saying to this body, then we will experience highs like we did last Sunday and then we'll experience lows. And then my, maybe a high if we're lucky. And then maybe a low. A disciple goes like this. A disciple lives like this. And I'm going to show you with Peter. Because Peter was a disciple, but Peter was a, he was a zealous dude. Okay. I'm going to share this scripture with you, and I didn't actually give this to you, Ian, but it's Exodus. I know where Exodus is. And this is um, the promise of God's presence. This is chapter 33. And I love in verse 13 and a few down, it says, there, Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, this is Moses praying to the Lord right here, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. 
And the Lord said to him, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Listen to Moses' heart right here. Then Moses said to him, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. If your presence does not go with me, Lord, do not carry me up from here. If you're not going, I don't want to go. A disciple lives this way. Lord, if you're not in this direction that I'm trying to go, I don't want to go. Lord, this extra thing that I've added to my life, I'll let you fill it in. If you didn't tell me to do that, then I don't want to do it. I don't want to go because nothing, nothing is more important than God. Where I go, there you are. That is a heart of a disciple. If you're not there, I don't want it. It doesn't matter how much my flesh wants it. It doesn't matter how much my family wants it. It doesn't matter how much anybody wants it or anything. It matters, Lord, are you there? Because if you're there, that's where I want to be. Oswald Sanders said this. He said the word disciple means a learner. But Jesus infused into that simple word a wealth of profound meaning. As used by him and Paul, it meant a learner or pupil who accepts the teaching of Christ, not only in belief, but also in lifestyle. It means learning with purpose to obey what is learned. It involves a deliberate choice, a definite denial, and a determined obedience. That's what disciple means. The thing is, is, and this is what I just get the heart of the Lord on this. He is offering. He is saying to us, come, follow me. Guys, that's not a rebuke. That's an invitation a really good one, to the best life you could, you can't even imagine, you can't even fathom, you can't even comprehend with your natural mind what kind of life he has for the one who says, God, everything I have is yours. It's no longer I who live, it's you, Jesus, in me. Live through me. And the thing that we have to look at and what kind of ground we are is are we settling for just mundane life and living the way we want to live and not ever saying, God, are you going there? Because if you're going there, that's where I'm going. And we don't do that because we just get into routine and we miss out on walking into things in our daily life that are ordained and divine appointments by God where his glory is there. And we don't just live to experience his glory on a Sunday, but we live every day to walk in his glory because if he's not there, if he's not there, our heart should be that I don't want to go. 
Thank the Lord he's patient with us. Because I've been able to look back over my life in the last, you know, since, well, I've been saved since, you know, the womb. So, <laughs> so I've been told. But I look back over and see growth in, in discipleship and becoming a disciple for the Lord. You should be able to look back over your life and say, man, I used to be able to do that that doesn't even settle with me anymore. And I used to talk like that. But man, I can't even let those words come out of my mouth. Those aren't his words. And that's progression of discipleship, becoming a disciple, being a disciple. It's not that we do everything perfect every day. It's not that we do it all right. It's that we don't stop, we keep getting up and we keep moving forward with the Lord. And we'll look at that here in a second. I'm looking at the time because it's going fast. But there's a cost to discipleship, but let me tell you, there is such a great reward to discipleship. It is beyond anything you could ever do for yourself. You think you're having a good time doing the things you want to do. Wait till you have a good time doing the things where God is. It's way better than we could ever do. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if you don't know who he is, look him up. Salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. When I look at how good God has been. And even when I haven't been good, he's been good. And when I haven't been so faithful, he never stops being faithful. I think... How could I not give you everything? How could I want things more than you? Our will, our own natural opinion, our desires, our time, that is what costs. That is the cost. That is what discipleship costs. Matthew 16. Verse 21, from that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, thank you, oh, thank you, <laughs> that he's going to go to Jerusalem and suffer things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and to be killed and to be raised the third day. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, 
If you're rebuking Jesus, you're probably in pride. <laughs> okay? We remain humble. That's why these words that have been spoken, we heed them. We don't judge them, oh, that's not for me. Well, it's probably for you then. Well, I'm doing that really good. Oh, it's definitely for you then. <laughs> so Peter begins to rebuke him. What's interesting about this is just earlier in the verse, Peter was actually in the spirit. Because he declared, you are the son of the living God. And then he gets down here and then he's in the flesh. But he turned and he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, he was not talking to Peter, okay? He wasn't calling Peter Satan, but he was saying to Peter, you're yielding to the devil here. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now, listen to this. First of all, because Peter did that, God didn't say, you're not my disciple anymore. So everybody just take a deep breath. <sighs> Hallelujah. I'm still a disciple. Right? And Jesus said in response to what just happened right there, he said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he will find it. The New Living in, in verse 23 says, You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. He's saying there, because of what just happened with Peter, listen, you're not being mindful of godly things right now. You're being mindful of things of men. Probably Peter's own desire at that moment, because he didn't want to lose Jesus. He wasn't seeing the bigger picture. So when God speaks something to us, and we get offended by it, we're going to talk about this later in the month, but we get offended by it, Right? then we're going to be in the flesh. When we get offended at the things he's telling us, when we get offended at the fact that, God, why do you keep going over this love over and over and over and over again? Well, hmm. Peter may have appeared justified in his thinking, but he wasn't in line with God's will. Now, probably what happened there is Peter heard this. He got afraid. He got sad for himself. He got sad for the boys. And he just, bleh, right? And he said, no, Jesus, not you. And he got right into the flesh. When if he would have slowed down and listened to what Jesus had just said and what he explained, he would have remained in the spirit. And then Jesus goes into, if you do not deny, or if you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, 
If you really, really want to follow me, if you want to be a disciple, then you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to deny your own opinion. You're going to have to deny your own wants. You're going to have to deny your own way. You're going to have to deny your opinion on everything and get to know mine and then come in line with mine. For whoever desires, it says take up your cross. And really what that means is, Lord, wherever we're going, I, I deny myself and my way and my dreams and my vision and I line them up with yours. See, what we don't realize is where do we get it in our mind that we can take care of ourselves better than he can? We think because our flesh is hurting that God doesn't know what's best for us. He is God. He knows. He knows what's best for us. Man, I haven't even gotten through the first page. The Amplified in verse 24 says, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willing, willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living and if need be, suffering, or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Woo! It's gonna be hard to die for him, naturally, if we can't die for him in just simple, God, you, you want, you want me to get up at 4 a.m. and pray? No. You don't understand. I need my strength tonight. When I go out with my friends shopping, <laughs> you don't understand, God. If we can't die in those things, what would happen if somebody said, Held a gun. Renounce your faith. Guys, dying for him starts very small. Don't worry. He's not going to ask you to be a martyr if you haven't decided that church is important every Sunday. I believe people that are martyrs know that's what they're called to. Now, there are people being killed right now that they probably didn't necessarily expect that, but you know what? They have everything is in him. That is all they have. Let me, man, I didn't. It's a good thing I'm coming back next week. I'm going to jump to this. While churches in the U.S. attempted to recover from the pandemic in 2021, just last year, okay? Many Christians around the world were trying to survive increased persecution. 
Last year, more Christians were, were detained or killed for their faith and more churches were attacked or closed than the year before. In the past year, 360 million Christians or one in seven believers around the world suffered significant persecution for their faith. Every day in 2021, an average of more than 16 believers were killed for, the follow, for following Jesus. With close to 6,000 total martyrs, 2021 saw a 24% increase in Christians killed for their faith. Just last year. In many countries around the world, it grew increasingly difficult to live as a Christian in 2021. And this was the most true in Afghanistan. We actually have a friend over there in the Middle East. He's got his whole family over there, graduate of Rama. Whole family, I don't know how many kids he has, six? Six kids. You're, saying, you're friends with him, I think. Yep, Pickens, Pickets. Six kids. Leaves here to go over to the Middle East. On Facebook, he's showing rocket after rocket. In one of his posts, he says, one of those is headed this direction. Targeting churches, targeting um, government things, targeting all of these things. Children of refugees. And here he is with six kids and his wife. Was just back, not so long ago, I think for uh, for uh, summer, the summer thing that the Hagans do. Went back. How much resistance you think he got from, per from people? But God said, go. He laid down his life. He denied his own self and desires. Don't tell me he doesn't desire. I've seen this guy. He likes to do a lot of things. Like, he's very active, right? When he was in the States, he was... They were going rafting, they were, I mean, all, I saw all the pictures. Don't tell me that's difficult for him, that it's not difficult for him. Don't tell me he doesn't think about the fact that I'm taking my six babies and my wife over to a country and we don't know exactly what's gonna happen. This, year finding, this year's findings indicate seismic changes in the persecution landscape. Every Christian who remains in Afghanistan is either on the run or in hiding. An estimated 50,000 to 70,000 Christians are currently imprisoned in North Korea's prison and labor camps, according to the Open Doors. That's who did this study. 50,000 to 70,000 in North Korea. Christianity is the main religion in Nigeria. But Islamic terrorist groups in the northern part of the country ruthlessly target believers, despite having, listen to this, more than 98 million Christians in that country right now. It is exploding. People are coming to Christ all over this world at mass numbers. Mass numbers. Nigeria, despite having 98 million, Nigeria is the deadliest nation for believers. The African nation was home to nearly 80% of all Christians killed in their, for their faith last year, 4,650. Despite the worsening situation for Christians, the U.S. State Department 
dropped Nigeria from their designation as a country of particular concern. There's no rational reason why it was dropped except some people in the State Department were playing politics. COVID-19 related restrictions have made it easier for some governments to target Christians and churches. Here's where I believe the Lord, and I'm gonna say this and then I'll do that last scripture that he said, that he gave me as I believe a prophetic word to us. We sing things like, oh God, here am I, use me. Use me for your glory. Guys, we won't get to that place unless we take what he's saying and heed the words that he's speaking to us and start making adjustments in our life. He's not saying the same thing to all of us. But here's a challenge, I believe, from the Lord today. Mark 4 said, heed the words that I've spoken to you. If you have ears to hear, hear. Listen to what I'm saying. You and I need to go home and we need to ask the Lord, what kind of soil have I been to what you have been speaking to this church? Because if we really want to say to him with all of our heart, and I believe it is our heart cry, I believe it is our desire, Lord, here I am, send me. But we can't lay down really simple things in comparison, then we're gonna miss it. I don't wanna miss it. I don't wanna miss it. I don't think you wanna miss it. I don't think you wanna just experience the presence of God so thick like that that it was on Sunday once in a while. I think that you wanna walk into your job and experience the presence of God so thick that people are like, what is going on? What just walked in the room? Cause this doesn't feel like what I know. The last scripture, and we'll close with this. Matthew 10, 37 through 39, and this is for us. Nope, that's not it. Matthew 26, sorry. Oh, I gotta hurry. Matthew 26, 38. Then he said to them, this is Jesus, my soul is very sad and deeply grieved so that I am almost dying of sorrow. And he said to those disciples that were there, he said, stay here and keep awake and keep watch with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself upon the ground on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, 
If it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will and you desire. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Are you so utterly unable to stay awake and keep watch with me for one hour? Verse 41, all of you must keep awake. Give strict attention. Be cautious and active. And watch and pray. That you may not come into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So faith family church, keep awake. Give strict attention to what I've said. Be cautious and active. That means that Peter and the boys in that moment, Jesus said this. You know what the first step should be? Get up and be active. If you're falling asleep, laying on the floor, get up and be active. Walk around. Man, if that's what it takes to stay awake, then you walk around. If you got to do high knees, I can't, but walk around. Whatever it takes to be alert and active, because Jesus is asking us to do that very thing today. Whatever he is saying to you to be alert and active, get up and keep yourself from falling asleep. Let's honestly look at the words he's been speaking to us. What kind of ground are we going to be? Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you. Oh, you're so good to us. Thank you that you're speaking to us. You're showing, you're revealing. Oh, Lord, I see it. I see it with my spiritual eyes. I see the rivers. I see the depth that you are asking us. Oh, we're so, we're so thankful that you're asking to come. We just give you all the praise. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com. 